you may not realize this, but when you speak to me in that tone, I end up feeling belittled. Now, by the way, for people who want even more understanding of this, that's called a meta communication. You're communicating about the communication. This week, how to tackle project with your spouse without having it turn into a screaming match. Stay tuned. You don't need a special occasion to give your spouse flowers. In fact, it's probably more special to get them flowers just because. If you're still not inspired, how about if we can save you $10 on your flower purchase at bloomnation.com. Use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com, a marketplace that connects you with your local florist wherever you reside in the country. Again, use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com to save $10 when you want to surprise your spouse with flowers. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, So Karen is a practicing psychologist for more than 30 years, uh, and she is going to share all that knowledge today on a topic that I think we have all been there at least once, probably many times. And what I'm talking about is working on a project together with your spouse, and we are going to figure out how can you do that peacefully (laughs) so lots of couples tackle projects together some uh big like a home remodel or some really small things like assembling furniture uh so i wanted to get some tips from you karen about what are some things that couples can do without getting at each other's throats and so the first question i have is what should couples keep in mind when they are approaching a new topic Well, I think the first thing is that for most couples, it's going to be stressful um, or at least anticipate that it's going to be stressful. Um, There was some research that I remember reading saying that when you're going through home improvements, uh, that is an extremely stressful time for couples. Um, Now, the other thing is that couples may have different skill sets. And so... um, you know, it's going to, as, as you know, I always talk about, it depends on the couple. Um, it may be that um, hopefully their skill sets complement one another, but there's going to create different challenges. Let's say if both of them are really good in one area, but lack skills in other areas, because then they may be buying for, oh, I can do this, I can do this, mm-hmm. and then lacking um, <clears throat> excuse me, in certain areas, and they may have to call in help or whatever. Um, they may be doing a project where neither one of them know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly going to be very stressful. So again, um, you know, I think that one of the things they have to know is that it may be a real challenge for them. Um, <clears throat> it may be something that um, is going to create some tension between them. Okay. And so part of it might even just recognizing where you lack knowledge, information, skill set. Yeah. So that you don't try to bite off more than you can chew. Right. 
Okay. Right. Uh, so what what is a conversation or what type of conversation or what should be included in the conversation that you have before you start on doing some new project together? Okay. So I think the first thing is, are they both in agreement that this project should be done? Because, you know, one of them may feel this is absolutely essential and the other one may feel like it's not. So you need to really tap into, excuse me, you need to really tap into um, if they're both on the same page, that this is something that is an okay thing for both of them. And and one of them may feel like I really, really want to do it. And the other one may feel like it's not so important, but is at least willing to go along with it. So you want to make sure that both of them are are okay with going ahead with the project. Okay. Uh, I, I actually have had uh, a couple instances where Jess, my wife, Jessica, she, she has wanted to do something where I either thought it was completely unnecessary or totally uninterested. Mm-hmm. And in those instances, I mean, granted, she hasn't asked, she wouldn't ask for my help. Um, but I have, you know, if she asked for my help, that would be one thing. But a lot of times I will upfront just say, you know what, if you want to do that, you go right ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. I am not interested in that. I don't think we need to do this. It's I'm totally like all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just completely 100% uninterested in this. And I think you're wasting your time uh, in doing this. And so, but if you want to do it, go right ahead. Right. And, and that's perfectly reasonable. You're going to have to just deal, <clears throat> excuse me, I still have leftovers of bronchitis that I had months ago. It's unbelievable how long this lasts. So up front, I'm telling everybody, please apologize. The frogginess in my voice. I can still give you good information. It's just not going to be so super clear. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> I think what you just said, Steve, is perfectly reasonable. But again, as long as you're on the same page and you basically gave Jessica permission, go ahead and do it. I just don't want to be involved. So to me, that's that's a green light. That's okay. So the next thing you want to include in the conversation is what you said when we were talking a few moments ago about, okay, you know, what what is our skill set? Mm-hmm. You know, and do we have enough skills to really attack this project? Or where are our shortcomings? And um, do we need to get help in certain areas? Now, Along with that, a side commentary on that is what funds do we have? Do we have enough funds to do this project? Um, Or if we don't, do we want to do part of this project um, and, you know, put it in stages? So you've got to have a budgetary uh, conversation about the project as well. Okay. Um, If you have different skill sets, then you want to have a conversation about, okay, who's going to handle what? Um, you also want to talk about uh, when do you want this done? Uh, you may have different expectations about when the project should be completed. So if you go into into the project with different expectations about, well, I think we should get this, be able to get this done in a month, and the other person says, you know, given everything else I've got on my plate, there's no way I can get this done, you know, before six months. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was going to be more, you know, sort of like something we're doing out of the love of it and not like, you know, a major task. That's going to create a lot more tension, you know, to the project at hand. So you really want to get as much of that discussed beforehand so that then when you're doing it, you know, you are taking away as many of those complications as possible. Okay. Now let's talk about once the project gets going Mm -hmm. and 
like I want to talk about what to do in certain situations. So for example, if one person feels frustrated or mm-hmm. unheard or belittled during the project, how can they express that, that they are having those feelings without launching a fight? Okay. Whether to me, whether it is about this project or whether it's about anything in your relationship, I think that when something like that comes up, we're going to use the model I always use, which is first you take the other person off the hook, then you talk about what it is that upsets you, and then you speak about how it makes you feel. So the first part would be, you may not realize this, but when you speak to me in that tone, I end up feeling belittled. Okay. Now, by the way, for people who want even more understanding of this, that's called a meta-communication. You're communicating about the communication so that you're talking about the tone or you're talking about the words or you're talking about um, how something was said. You're talking about the communication. So you're, you're communicating about the communication, which is why it's meta-communication. So you want to let your partner know that because if you don't, it's really going to put a kibosh on moving ahead and feeling okay about uh, continuing with the project or the good feelings in the relationship. Okay. And flipping it just conversely, Mm -hmm. if you feel that your spouse – isn't following instructions, you know, hand me this or wait to do this until I tell you or whatever. Um, How can you get it across um, again without kicking that hornet's nest? Well, I'm still going to use the same model, but maybe in this case, you want to use some humor about it. And you can again say, I, you know, you could, I'm going to show it two ways, but it's the same model. You know, I, I know that you are just so anxious about getting everything done and I love you for it. Um, But when you, you know, don't give me the tools when I ask for it, then I'm, I'm, I'm not able to get this done. Yeah. Um, You know, or um, I know you don't. Okay. So that was, you know, just being cutesy or humorous or whatever, you know, but then the other thing is, you know, I, I know that you don't, you may not even be aware that you're doing this, but when you don't follow the instructions, the way they're telling us to do this, then I get so frustrated. And, and I was just going to say, cause when, with these two examples, the one that you just spoke of and in this current one, I, I, I'm envisioning this scenario where a couple is talking past each other. So you have this yeah. person who is, you know, hand me the, hand me the screwdriver and then the person hands them something wrong. Like they hand them a screwdriver, but it's the wrong screwdriver. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. I asked for the flathead, not the Phillips. Well, how was I supposed to know? And what what's the difference? And then so that person starts feeling belittled and disrespected. And the other person feels unheard because they asked for. And it's like, well, it's right there in the instructions. And you're holding the instructions. And, you know, it can kind of go back and forth. Mm. And so you might have this scenario where the couple – is is really just talking past each other where it's yes i handed you a screwdriver and the other person's like well it's not the right screwdriver and that kind of a thing that was very good steve have you have you and just had that argument because you did that really well <laughs> uh, uh god we we may have yeah i'm not going to say that we haven't but um if no, we I have it's been a long time that's a very good example yeah. of exactly what a couple could do with each other and i think that if something like that happens one of you has to just take a breath and say hold it hold it let's take a time out here 
Okay. You know, and just say, you know, we're, we're both getting like, you know, a little caught up in this. Let's take a, a time out here. Let's, and you know, I remember once taking a cooking class where the chef said to us, read the recipe two or three times before you actually start cooking the recipe. Mm. And so maybe we could apply that here also. Sure. That before you actually start the project, you read it over, you both read it together and you sort of, okay, let's, so we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Maybe even line up your tools and, you know, sort of plan it out so that you don't get caught up in exactly what you were saying. But let's say you do. You just say, let's take a time out, hold it. You know, we're both getting caught up in this. We're ending up almost sounding like two kids on a playground. You know, let's take a moment, come back to it, and let's, you know, start it again because you're getting frustrated. I'm not talking nice and blah, blah, blah. And neither one of you could do this, you know. Yeah. Um, again, remembering that you're working on this project together. And again, that that could even be something that you say you know, when you have your early conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that's important to remember. And maybe that should be one of those constant reminders that, you know, we're not doing this to fight. <laughs> we're right. doing this to build the new coffee table or, you know, cause we both wanted this thing or we both wanted the room painted, you know, so right. let's, you know, step back and that, you know, we don't want blood on the walls. Right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So now let's think let, – okay. So we've given some people some good conversations to have before they start their project. We've given people some tips and information on what to do once the project has begun and they haven't really communicated effectively during it. But we've given them tips on how to make that a smooth uh, execution. So let's assume though that – People screwed up every step of the way. It's it's been mm -hmm. a nightmare. They they as a matter of fact, it's been it's been terrible. And they now went online and they did a search and they went. You know what? Hitched has answers. Let me see what Hitch has to say about it. They found the podcast. Um, the project that they did didn't go as planned, and now they are totally upset with each other. Mm -hmm. How can they calm things down now that the project's over? And they have this beautiful new room or they have this great piece of furniture that they have constructed, but they don't want to even sit in the same room together. <laughs> Love it. So just like with any other conflict, um, you're going to wait till both of you calm down because while emotions are high, um, you're not going to be able to have a calm discussion. And you're going to when both of you are calm, you're going to come back and say, okay, so let's let's see what happens here, you know, um, and you unpack it and you don't have a conflict if both of you see things the same way. Mm. So there's a conflict because each of you had a different perspective on it. And so what you do is you just look at it and say, OK, where where did we start to like see things differently? Well, you know, I the way I felt was that I felt that when you got frustrated, and though I understood that you got frustrated, the tone that I heard made me feel blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the reason you're right, I didn't speak that nicely, but I was getting frustrated because I felt that when I asked you for this and that and the other thing, you know, you, you weren't really paying attention. Well, no, it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention. It was that I was trying to read the directions and I found them so complicated. So you, you unpack it, you look for mm -hmm. where things, you know, got, um, 
how do I phrase it, where things just didn't go right. Where there was some sort of miscommunication that materialized into this argument. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, you know, then again, now that everybody is calm, you just sort of say, but, you know, let's let's see if we can focus on the positive. We got it done, you know. (laughs) Look at this beautiful room. And that's amazing that we were able to really pull this off. And we can you know, keep focusing on, you know, the process, which was challenging. And what have we learned from it? Well, maybe we've learned that, you know, we do need to call outside help in the future. Or maybe we've learned that, you know, this is your thing and, you know, you'll do it with a buddy and I won't be involved. Um, So let's look what, you know, let's look at what we've learned from this experience so that we'll know for next time. But at the end of the day, we did it. Yeah. And focus on the positive because that's certainly going to be much more beneficial than the negative. It, it's interesting because uh, I think a lot of times people will tackle projects where they think they can do them mm-hmm. and then they get way in over their head. And then so yes. then they are then personally frustrated uh, because they can't do that. And then as we often talk, you take out your frustrations on the people closest to you. Absolutely. So I, I can't level this floor or, you know, whatever. I can't get this thing to go into this thing. And so, uh, you know, and so that frustration starts coming out in ways that you hadn't intended. Um, and that's why I think this conversation post project is so important and having that reflection on, you know what, maybe I'm not very good at plumbing. And so next time, instead of trying to install that faucet ourselves, <laughs> right? let's get somebody else on board who actually knows what they're doing and it'll save our marriage. Right. Well, and, and that, you know, Steve brings me back around to the first question, which is, you know, what should you be discussing before? And mm-hmm. maybe part of the pre-conversation should be, okay, look, we're going to try this, but we also have to know that since this is nothing we've ever done before and it requires certain skills, we may not be able to do it. And if we can't, that's okay. Mm. We're going to give ourselves permission that if we run into a problem, we'll just say we can't do this, but good for us that we tried it. I That is such an excellent point. And partly because I think a lot of – we, I think this is gr- deeply ingrained in the American psyche that stopping something and we like to throw the word quit mm-hmm. at, when we stop something, that, that – automatically equates into a failure Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not it's a recognition that you might not have the skill set to do something like we seem to think that persevering over everything even when it's completely unattainable or unrealistic is somehow some noble thing but a lot of times it's stopping and saying like you know what that's that's too far like we we don't have like why would you um, expect me to understand how to do this sophisticated thing um, because I'm trying hard at it when other people go through trade school to do this exact same thing. Right, right. Well, I think in general, if we can expand this for just a moment, I think it's really important for people to be motivated and to try and to persist at things. I'm probably one of the most persistent people you'll ever meet. But I think it's also essential to know when it's time to give up or mm-hmm. to let go, not give up, let go. Um, there's, there's real value in knowing when it's time to say enough. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now, I wish I could tell people, okay, it's at this point, and I can't. I can't give them an equation for that. But when you hold on too long to something, that's not healthy either. So it's a fine balance between, yes, let's give it, you know, the all-out try and keep at something, but you also have to know when, okay, this is beyond me or I put in too much or, you know, I've spent too much time or energy or money. And now it's time to say, okay, um, I know that I have a limitation or I know that this is not my skill or, you know, any number of reasons this is affecting my mate, my family, whatever. And so it's time to stop. Yeah. And I just want to clarify really quick that when we're talking about quitting things, I'm not talking about marriage. Um, no, 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 you know, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah. Um, but I, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, these types of projects or something like that where the, uh, cost benefit is skewed in the favor of giving something up. Yes. Um, yes. so, uh, I just wanted to clarify that. And then one last thing I wanted to mention is you were discussing about, um, having that conversation about where the communication went wrong and where the perceptions kind of diverged. Yes. And I actually had this incident happen this morning with Jess, my wife, uh, where she um, needed help on something and she thought that I had ignored her request um, Mm. and wasn't giving attention to it. And so, um, and I give a lot of my time to everybody around me, which I love to do. And so she was a little frustrated this morning because she thought that, um, she was like, you know, you, you give, you help everybody else, but I asked for this one simple thing and you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I then had to explain because she didn't see results that was not reflective of the effort that I put in. Like I was working on it in mm-hmm. the background. Um, I just hadn't gotten anywhere with it. Mm. And she had assumed that I just didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have that conversation. And then she was like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> and, you know, if you do see think that you're overwhelmed. And then I also said that, you know, I wouldn't be able to get to it today because I had a lot of stuff on my plate and, you know, so find something out, some other way to accomplish this. And then it was good because then we, we then saw things from the same perspective again, as opposed to taking her point of view and my point of view at something which were different. We now we're starting to see the same things again. Yes. And, and the only thing for future for you and for other couples that I would tweak if you were sitting with me in my office mm-hmm. is I would suggest when you started doing something in line with what Jess asked, I would have said to her, Jess, I'm going to try to now do blah, 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 because without you letting her know that, she had no way, obviously, of knowing that you were doing it. Mm, that's a good point. Thanks. See? Always, I can always improve. You can always Every, improve. Everybody can always improve. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that little thing, she just had no way of knowing. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. So, okay. Um, any other final tips before we wrap this one up, Karen? Mm, no, I no? don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope, I, you know, again, I think this is one of those topics that can be very helpful for people 
particularly those couples who do a lot of projects together and constantly mm-hmm. find themselves in the cycle of arguing every time they tackle a project. And then it gets to the point where they don't want to start new projects because it always yeah. ends in fights and stuff. So hopefully this can get you guys over that hill and you can start having fun doing these things together again. Um, so with that, we will wrap things up. So thank you so much, Karen. It's always a pleasure and insightful. Thank you, Steve. I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, She has her own podcast out every Wednesday on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. In just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it uh and if you need any of this information you want any of this information which i know you do visit drkarensherman.com uh of course you can find links to this stuff at our website hitchmag.com if you have questions if you have topics you want us to discuss um or issues that uh, we haven't covered and you want help with uh, hit us up on the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, uh, Periscope. I mean, anything that we are on, go ahead. We are the, the lines are open, so let us know what you think. Thank you for people who have reviewed the podcast. Much appreciated. It helps get us in the eyes and ears of those looking for relationship information. So thank you very much. And uh, until next time, that's going to do it for us. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. And it's about you.